You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast In the state of Wisconsin and anywhere in the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. Crossover Wednesday on the show today, and we are going to talk about the Washington professional football team. Chris Russell, the host of Locked on Redskins, is on the show to provide his analysis. And Chris is a a very smart guy. uh, And I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation a little bit later. Not because... I'm great in it. I'm I'm just there to to traffic cop. Uh, he is he, he provides a lot of really good insight, and I think Washington is certainly a team that not a lot of Packer fans have been paying close attention to. I don't think a lot of NFL fans have been paying close attention because they've been bad. They've been really bad, except the last two weeks. They've won the last two weeks. They beat Carolina. Uh, They beat Jeff Driscoll and the Lions. It is two backup quarterbacks, Kyle Allen, but it's not like the Panthers haven't won real games. It's not like the Panthers haven't put real scares into good teams, and Washington legitimately beat them. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about Washington to get you set for the weekend because this is a game. Green Bay, they're two touchdown favorites. Go dominate. Go get yourself right for the stretch run here. I want to put a bow on our conversation from yesterday about Alan Lazard. And if you haven't read the feature, uh, you can you can go do that. Uh, it's at I mean, Packing Company. It is up now. And there's a lot of data in there that I didn't put in there because it's not really part of the story. The story is about his growth. And if you listened to the show yesterday, you heard about his journey and what he went through. And there's still a lot of consternation there's still a lot of discontented Packer fans that Green Bay did not go out and get a receiver at the deadline. And I don't want to rehash all of it, but I just want to point something out. In seven games since Alan Lazard has gone into the starting lineup, he has 22 catches for 330 yards and two touchdowns. He's only played more than 70% of snaps one time in that stretch. In the six games Emmanuel Sanders has played for the 49ers, he has 21 catches for 250 yards and two touchdowns. He's played in 70% or more of the game in three of those six games. Yes, he's been hurt, but that's part of the point. When you trade for a 30-plus-year-old receiver and a slight one at that with an injury history, you are running the risk 
of him getting injured. Hello? Every move you make is some sort of value proposition and and risk assessment. So you're giving up a third and a fourth round pick for a player who might not even be able to play every game for you and who at the end of the season you will either have to pay or walks and walks for nothing and you've already given your compensation. Serious compensation, by the way. But since week six, since Alan Lazard became a part of our lives, he is 18th in the league in yards per route run and he is catching 76% of his targets. When Aaron Rodgers throws the ball to Alan Lazard, Rodgers has a 135.7 quarterback rating. When Aaron Rodgers throws to Alan Lazard, good things happen. And it's not just that the the Rodgers to Lazard connection is working. It is the combination of that with the other players, not the secondary, but the tertiary characters in this story are not playing well enough to justify getting consistent snaps over Alan Lazard. Go back to, okay, the Detroit game, let's take that out of the equation. Against Oakland, Lazard plays 85% of snaps. Aaron Rodgers has a perfect passer rating in that game. The next week, he plays 67% of snaps. Green Bay scores 31 points. Aaron Jones absolutely lights up the KC defense, but Lazard also five catches, 42 yards, and some key plays in that game. He played just 50% of snaps against the Chargers, just 47% against Carolina. And although he played 66% against San Francisco, saw just the, the two targets, did have the drop that I thought really was, was pretty close, and against the Giants only played 55% of snaps. Why is he being outsnapped by Geronimo Allison? Why is... That happening. At this point in the season, it is no longer about who is the better player. We know who the better player is. It's really clear who the better player is. Okay, so Football Outsiders has a statistic we've talked about before. Defense adjusted yards above replacement. It sounds scary. D-Y-A-R. It's not really. It is a measure of a player's impact relative to an average player adjusted for his opponent, right? So schedule adjusting production. Among receivers who have fewer than 50 targets, Alan Lazard is third in DYAR. Geronimo Allison is in that same cohort, having seen fewer than 50 targets this season. He is 88th out of 94. He is one of the 10 worst receivers in football among qualifying players. It is that bad. And I understand that there is all of this value with Rodgers and he trusts him and he knows the calls and he's going to be in the right places. But at a certain point, the production becomes overwhelming on one end and the lack of production is overwhelming on the other. And I know that Allison makes the big fourth down catch and he made another third down catch. I don't believe they don't have another player who can do that. I just don't believe it because we've seen other players do it. You put Jake Kumar out there, I think he could run that same little out route that Allison ran to get a first down. You put Alan Lazard out there, he can run that same dig route to get that first down. 
I just don't believe the Packers don't have better options. When when fans were worried about making a trade at the deadline, I, I was the one saying, it's not that they need a new player. It's they need to utilize the talent they have better. They need to do it more efficiently. And it hasn't been much better for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. MVS has seen more than 50 targets this season, but he is 58th out of 67 receivers who have seen at least 50 targets in DYAR. Now, part of the problem is Rodgers has missed him on some deep shots that would have really helped. He's been injured. He is, he is what he is. I know there was a lot of hope that he could take a step. He hasn't taken the step. There was a lot of hype about his productivity in the offseason and what he could be, and he's training with Randy Moss. We just haven't seen it for whatever reason. And if Matt LaFleur believed he could do more, he'd be doing more. He's not. What I, what I fail to understand is how when the, the productivity is so clear and the disparity is so clear about who is the better player, the more impactful player. I understand Matt LaFleur wants a rotation of receivers. I think that's fine, actually. But rotate them differently. Rotate them such that you are, you are rotating the third receiver and sometimes the second receiver. If Devontae Adams is going to play 90% of snaps, Alan Lazard should really never be under like 75. He is clearly, right now, the second best receiver on this team and probably the third or fourth most important skill player on this team given what he does to impact the game. More targets, more playing time, and, and the... And the first one comes from the second one. You can't get targets if you're sitting on the sidelines. Although I guess in, in Aaron Rodgers' case, you can because he throws the ball out of bounds a lot. But this is not about, you know, oh, he just came on the show and so I'm trying to cape for this guy. No, no, no. The numbers speak for themselves. When he's on the field, he makes plays. And Aaron Rodgers clearly has faith in him. So my question is, what is the disconnect? What is the disconnect? And I asked Matt LaFleur. I was the one in the postgame press conference to say, what is the line between wanting to get a rotation and, and riding a hot hand? And he said, you know, I feel really happy about what Allen has done, and I'm so happy for him, and he's been so great. But there's always a but. I feel like we are best with a rotation. I'm fine with that, coach. That's fine. My, my issue here is that from a productivity standpoint, the disparity is so big, I just don't understand how there is a justification for Geronimo Allison out-snapping Alan Lazard. It, that, that conversation is over. Enough games have been played for us to make this decision. Enough games have been played. Enough evidence has been put on tape that Lazard is the second best receiver, that there is no longer any sort of cloak or excuse to hide behind. I, I, it is a new offense. So it's it can't just be, oh, well, he knows the offense better. No. It can't be, oh, he's got so much more trust from Rodgers. No, Rodgers over and over has expressed his belief in Alan Lazard. So where is the disconnect? What is it? They, they made him special teams player of the week. He's still playing heavy special team snaps. He's done everything they've asked him to do. Give him the opportunity to go make plays. And if he's going to make mistakes, let him. Because we've seen what 
snaps mean? Because he can make big plays. He can make up for those mistakes if they come. And if you're worried about that same if question, BlueChew.com can help. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. You know what that means? No awkwardness. No one has to know. If you need that little confidence boost in bed, go to bluechew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use the promo code locked on. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. All right, it is time for another Crossover Wednesday. The host of Locked On Redskins, Chris Russell, is here on the program to talk about a team coming off a win, Chris. Can you believe it? <laughs> yes, good afternoon, Peter. Um, and and yeah, not only a win, two wins in a row, which represents a modern day miracle around here. Uh, the Redskins have had uh, a uh, a two game winning streak. Well, maybe not modern day miracle, but since mid uh, last October uh, is the last time uh, that has happened around mm-hmm. here. And and actually, you know, as you probably remember, and as Packers fans remember. You know, the Redskins were pretty good early last year, and the Redskins did a pretty good job against the Green Bay Packers in week three at FedEx Field of 2018. And then they stayed relatively hot after that, again, put together a three-game winning streak, and then it all completely collapsed, which led into this year an 0-5 start, the firing of Jay Gruden. And and along in there somewhere is the catastrophic Alex Smith leg injury uh dozens of surgeries it sounds like since and and a a first round pick on Dwayne Haskins we've get we've gotten to see the young QB a little bit now what are your impressions of him and and do you think that that he is their guy moving forward because it sounds like he there was some disagreement with with Gruden and management about that very question you're absolutely correct. Jay Gruden wanted really nothing to do with developing Dwayne Haskins. Uh, that was a Dan Snyder, the owner, Bruce Allen, the president and general manager, uh, move with the 15th overall pick in the draft. Um, so let's start with that. You mentioned the Alex Smith injury. Obviously, that precipitated that. I don't think if Alex Smith is healthy, reasonably healthy, Dwayne Haskins is even on the roster. Um, so we have that as a caveat, too. Uh, as far as Dwayne Haskins goes he started out four games he's appeared in six um the numbers the raw numbers are not very good they're as a matter of fact they're they're pretty below mediocre if we're being honest however if you judge the quarterback position and if you judge Dwayne Haskins the way I think you have to if you're if you're trying to size up and evaluate can he run the offense and can he do the 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 um I guess the little things that are not so little, the intangibles, the the X factor type things that a quarterback specifically, Peter, has to do to operate the position at this level and at a high efficiency. I think he is making progress. I think he is getting there. I think he is getting better. He's not super, super turnover prone. He's shown a propensity to a couple of high ball interceptions, a couple of, you know, hurried mistakes. 
He gets sacked a lot. He's having trouble kind of taking off from the pocket a little bit too early. I think this is all normal for a first-year quarterback, mm-hmm. especially one with a lack of college experience. But overall, the kid is doing fairly okay is how I would describe him. Fairly okay is a is a market improvement from at least what the Washington team was most of the year. What has been the difference these last two games? Is it as simple as you know backup quarterbacks and and a little bit of apathy maybe from opponents or or what do you think is the difference here? Well, you know, I think you said it. Uh, you know, when you go against Jeff Driscoll and you go against Kyle Allen, that's going to give you an opportunity to win games, especially when you're struggling in your own uh, passing game. And and against Detroit, they struggled not only in their passing game, but they also struggled in their running game. Against Charlotte or Carolina, it was they struggled in their passing game, but they were dominant uh, on the ground. So I think it's a little combination of, of both. And quite honestly, the defense, which started off horribly against Carolina on Sunday, given up a quick 14 points, basically shut them down after that. They did allow a late touchdown, so I, should, I can't say shut them down. But um, basically after that, it was lights out after a, a just a dreadful start. And the reason why they've been good the last couple of weeks, besides, again, going against backup quarterbacks, twofold. They've had six-plus sacks in each of the last two games, so they feasted off of bad offensive lines, and they've been able to get home. And then on top of that, they made a switch from Josh Norman at the starting left corner to Fabian Moreau, who was getting absolutely carved up like a Thanksgiving turkey uh, inside at the slot position and as a much better outside corner. Uh, and that's made a huge difference. He's had three interceptions in the last two games, could have had a fourth. And, Peter, I would just say this. um, You know, if if they can get home against the Green Bay Packer offensive line and against Aaron Rodgers, who obviously has a tremendous ability to escape uh, and and kind of um, uh, extend plays, if they can get home, then it's going to be a long day for the Green Bay Packers. If they can, then it's going to be – uh, very much a long day for the Washington Redskins defense. Yes, seven sacks last week, including one and a half uh, by their other first-round pick, Montez Sweat, who was a favorite of mine in the draft. Uh, I, I think that, that that combined with the run game, which you mentioned, which I want to ask you about, you look at what they did to Carolina. I mean, it, it dominate is, is maybe an underselling it given the modern NFL 30 carries, 248 yards and three touchdowns. Darius Geis had 129 on just 10 carries himself and two touchdowns. This is the offense that they want to be with an interim head coach in Bill Callahan, who all he wants to do is for it to be 1985 again. (laughs) Yeah, and and, and here's the thing. I think Bill gets a bad rap uh, for that. Bill very much likes the short control passing game. It's just you have to execute it. Right. You have to have an accurate quarterback Mm -hmm. and Dwayne Haskins hasn't been an accurate quarterback, number one. And for whatever reason, this team has a religious aversion or let let me put it this way, a football uh, aversion to screen passes, slants, uh, you know, quick smokes, that type of thing. I mean, they'll do it, but they don't really like to do it like Andy Reid, you know, Matt Nagy, Philadelphia, you know, style teams that have had success in the short passing game. Uh, They just don't like to do it. So. Callahan is kind of often like left with, well, what do I do best? What is my DNA? What is my identity? What do I have? What gives me the best chance to not only score points and move the football, but also to protect my young quarterback and to protect my defense, which, which leaks 
a lot of oil on third down. And it's been better of late, but it leaks a lot of oil on third down. And the answer to that has been the run game. And yes, he's taken a lot of abuse. Um, you mentioned like, you know, like it's 1985. I got it. He wants to throw the football and Kevin O'Connell, their offensive coordinator and play caller, trust me, he wants to throw the football. They just haven't been able to do it successfully or efficiently. So it's left them with this combination of Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis, which you could do a lot worse than, and a predominantly heavy run game. Yeah, I, I really like O'Connell. And, and when, when the reports came out that he was being considered as, as either an interim coach or a potential replacement, I was not surprised by that. All right, we're going to get back to Chris in just a second. But before we do, I want to talk to you about my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all of your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. I don't even, that that rhymes. Didn't even mean for that to happen. Eh, approximate rhyme. We'll go with it. Between football season, the NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're going to bet this season, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching the game from the couch with nothing on the line, nothing to gain? My bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back in the game. If you join right now, my bookie will match your first deposit halfway up to $1,000. That means if you put in 2000 they will give you $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. Again, that's promo code locked on to take advantage of my bookie's generous sign up offer. Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, back to Chris. Your point about the slants and the smokes and the and the tunnel screens and the, all the other ways that you can get a receiver involved in the short passing game, it just seems like someone like Terry McLaurin is tailor-made for that kind of stuff. He's been so impressive this season. What have you seen from the rookie receiver from Ohio State? Yeah, it's a great point, and I'm surprised they haven't used him, quite honestly, more in that in in that regard you added a couple of you know other things that they could do and you're absolutely 1000 percent correct but the one thing i will say is i think they're intoxicated with terry's route running and his speed you combine a 435 speed guy and you combine a guy who uh, i you know sounds like you did a lot of tape study on him i did some tape study on him coming out of ohio state i thought he was going to be much better as a wide receiver than others thought I didn't think he would be this good as a route mm. runner. He could run some sick, silly routes. And that only does you so much. Ultimately, you have to have a quarterback that can get you the football on time and rhythm uh, in a contested tight window. And even though Dwayne Haskins and he had some chemistry, obviously going in, um, you know, the connection quite hasn't been as good as I think we were all expecting, but I'm sure it will come. I'm sure it will come, and I'm sure it will get better. But Terry is really fast and a really, really crafty route runner already in his rookie season. Yeah, no doubt. And and I thought he would be good. I didn't think he would be this good either. Uh, I I think if you look at what Ohio State did, they built their offense around Paris Campbell and his ability to win underneath. Mm-hmm. And then you can use McLaurin deep. On this Washington team, Terry basically needs to do both of those things because they don't really have anyone else. I mean, the offensive weapons in the passing game, to your point, just aren't there. And if you want to 
you know, put Dwayne Haskins in the best position to succeed, it does seem like based on personnel, they need to be, you know, like a team we saw on, on Monday night, the Minnesota Vikings run, 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 play action deep or Seattle. Same thing. Let him be Tyler Lockett and have this team be predicated on running the ball and play action. That, that, that seems like that's the way to go. Am I, am I reading this right? No, it's a great point. Um, and the one caveat that I would add is Kelvin Harmon, mm. uh, six-round pick out of really State underrated. the last three weeks. Has, you know, he, he's really been coming on and and doing a nice job and, and has, you know, can climb the ladder and, and almost made a, a great kind of climb the ladder type touchdown catch on Sunday in Carolina. He's shown a, a very reliable skill set in terms of a getting some separation for a guy that you don't think necessarily has blazing speed. Um, but they need to continue to figure out other ways to, you know, to use him to the point that we were just talking number one, so that Terry doesn't have to do both of those tight roles, as you correctly alluded to. The other thing that's really hurt them is, you know, for years they had Jamison Crowder mm -hmm. uh, as their slot guy. And Jamison wasn't always healthy, and that's part of the reason why they let him go in free agency. But they've had no Jamison Crowder. Trey Quinn has been a major disappointment this year uh, out of the slot receiver. And then the biggest problem is they're a tight end in an inside-outside type of offense, and they lost Jordan Reed in the third week of the preseason, and he never played. And then Vernon Davis after the first four games, and he's on IR and never played again. And they're basically left with Jeremy Sprinkle, who – you know, nice kid, and he's he's just a jag. They don't mm -hmm. have those interior underneath or, I guess, short kind of short to intermediate pass route guys that this offense, the West Coast offense, is mostly was mostly predicated under with Jay Gruden specifically. And obviously they haven't changed the system just because Jay Gruden is no longer right. here. Unfortunately, and, and I am a huge Jordan Reed fan, Relying on him is a fool's errand at this point in his career. He, the guy just cannot stay on the field. Kelvin Harmon was someone I thought was was really underrated in the draft. Reminded me of of post-ACL Jordy Nelson. Didn't have the over-the-top speed, but the body control, the nuance, um, the, the craftiness really liked his game. Uh, as we as we wind down uh, this part of the crossover, I want to ask you my favorite question on these crossover shows, and that is, if you were a coach in the Packers coaching room and you were tasked with with identifying the one weakness where Green Bay can most take advantage of this Washington team, what would you be telling Matt Lafleur that is? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. Uh, are, are we talking about Green Bay offense versus the Redskins what, defense, or are we talking about one, whatever just... you think the one glaring? advantage or or hole that that washington has that green bay can take advantage of i think the number one area that green bay can go to town and win this game on is to make life hell on haskins and that's the edge pass rush with speed and the ability to turn uh you know turn up uh towards the quarterback preston smith obviously you guys have been you know <laughs> seeing how 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 good he yeah. can be uh, in his first year in green bay and some of the weapons that you guys brought in via free agency to me that is the area that dwayne haskins is most susceptible this offensive line is most susceptible morgan moses may not play in this game he's dealing 
uh, with a back injury. He missed, uh, you know, uh, m- uh, more than half of Sunday's win in Charlotte. Uh, Jaron Christian, a third round pick who the Redskins took way, 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 way too early last year, just hasn't developed yet. He's an athlete, but he, he you know, you can go around him pretty easily and through him pretty easily. He's gotten a little bit better in year two, but not much, if I'm being honest with you. And then, you know, I, I don't think Brandon Sheriff is having a good year. Um, he graded out okay on on Sunday. Fine. I think he's good for a holding penalty almost every game. Uh, and and I, I really think the pass rush of the Green Bay Packers is where they can make the most hay, especially against Haskins, who has struggled consistently in this area to identify, uh, to buy time, and to not take off too early, which he's also guilty of. Um, so that's the area that I think the Green Bay Packers are going to win this game. Yeah, the Preston Smith revenge game and and Zadarius Smith against a backup offensive tackle is an advantage that Green Bay is is probably going to win on a pretty consistent basis. Peter, this has been uh, a pleasure. Hopefully the football game is as entertaining and as knowledgeable and as, uh, I guess, you know, hopefully balanced <laughs> with good football information and good quality football on Sunday. I don't know if you're going to get it from the Washington Redskins, but <laughs> I know the Packers are doing it at Ambo Field. What a place. Uh, and hopefully it'll be snowing and we'll get some good throwback football. At the, at the very least, it will be picturesque. Two throwback old school franchises that go way back at the, the 100th NFL season. It's pretty appropriate that we get these two teams squaring off at some point. Well said. Well said. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Chris. All right. I want to thank Chris for joining the show. Awesome insight into everything going on in Washington. Uh, we didn't even get into what's going to happen at the end of the season. The, the Washington brass has a decision to make. As long as Dan Snyder is the owner, they are a wild card. Anything can happen with them. And we don't know. I mean, is is Dwayne Haskins the player of the future? Clearly Dennis Allen. You know, Chris just said it. Dennis Allen and, and Dan Snyder wanted a new quarterback. It was Gruden who was loyal to Alex Smith. And we don't know if Alex Smith is even going to play football again. He's trying. We don't know. And if the team wants to get younger, if they want you know, their version of Sean McVay, they don't have it. And, and he may not be on the, on the coaching staff, although I have heard that, that uh, Kevin O'Connell, who calls the plays for this team, is going to be a potential replacement. He was up for the interim job as well. So a lot of, of flux for this team heading into the offseason, but they've got some good young players. I mean, I like Haskins. Darius Geis was awesome last week. Montez Sweat, their other first-round pick, really, really uh, coming on late. Terry McLaurin has been awesome all season. And, you know, they, they have some good interior defensive linemen. They just signed Landon Collins. Fabian Moreau is starting to play better. So there's some pieces here. If they can if they can keep some of this draft momentum going, you know, there's there's something that I think they can build. And, and the, the league is just better when Washington is good. I wish they would change the name. But Dan Snyder, as long as, as he's the owner, doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Look, he's a billionaire and he owns the team. And so, you know, whatever. He gets to do what he wants, I guess. We're going to be back tomorrow to break down this team. Are they great? No. But do they have players who can create issues for Green Bay? If they run the ball effectively, if they create big plays, if they rush the passer? I mean, they have, I don't want to say they have a San Francisco light version. They don't. And the guy calling the plays is nowhere near as good as Kyle Shanahan. But there have been some holes in this Packers team. We know they have issues stopping the run. 
Washington wants to and is good at running it, or at least they have been lately. Number two, they can create plays down the field. Terry McLaurin is a legit deep threat, and Green Bay cannot give up big plays. And the pass rush is really starting to come around. Seven sacks last week against Carolina. Green Bay is going to have to get that together if they want to avoid a letdown this week against Washington. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Remember to go like uh, our page on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Leave us a rating on iTunes. The ratings really help, guys. Let other people know that you are listening to Locked on Packers, that you like Locked on Packers. You can tell your, your Google device to play Locked on Packers. You can tell your Alexa. You can tell any Bluetooth device that you have to play us, and we will. And if you go to Google and you ask them to play Packers news... I'll be there. I've got a little breakdown for you of a minute long, a little daily digest for you. If you don't have time to listen to the whole show in the morning, just tell Google to play Packers news. You'll hear my voice. So I'm, I'm slowly becoming everywhere in your life. Better watch out. <laughs> At any time you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.